I mean, at minimum, without any reason necessary, you should be raising every year. <laughs> at minimum. At minimum. Hello, hairdressers. I'm Sid Charisse. And I'm David Bosher. You're listening to Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. A one-on-one coaching company for hairdressers by hairdressers. By now, our listeners know that we recommend that salons go cashless. And with Aura Salonware, you can now accept only the payments you want. Aura Salonware is an integrated point of sale that accepts both card present and card not present payments. That means cards can be kept on file and clients can use ExpressPay to get through checkout in seconds. We also coach salons to go gratuity free and Aura allows you to hide the gratuity line for those using this method of business. With Aura Salonware, you can future-proof your salon with technology. If you are interested in this type of profit maximization, visit aurasalonware.com DTH to receive special discounts and promos. Do you know what your hair color is costing your business? Well, SalonScale does. Discover how SalonScale's cost-saving technology can save your business money. Their mobile app and Bluetooth scale accurately calculate the cost of hair color usage. It records formulas, tracks product usage in real time, helps manage expenses, reduce waste, and boosts profit. We want to give all of our listeners 10% off their first year of SalonScale by visiting salonscale.com DTH. And for our current students in our one-on-one coaching program, you will receive 25% off all team and solo annual plans. Ask your coach for details to redeem. I don't know about you, but do you ever feel like we... Yes. <laughs> repeat ourselves? Oh, yeah. Sometimes I'm like, why would <laughs> What we... if you just repeated that sentence? Or... <laughs> do you ever feel like we just repeat ourselves? Do you ever think there's a glitch? <laughs> so, I... Whenever we do re- recordings for shows, we're always trying to come up with content and ideas, and we get a lot of our ideas from comments or messages and things like that. Um... But what's so funny to me is that no matter how many times we talk about a topic, it's still... It's always requested again. Always requested again. We're still talking about it. And I I expect that on, to one degree, but like, at what point are we as an industry going to talk about raising prices? I hate... Even the sentence, raise your prices, which has now just become a word, mm-hmm. raise your price, oops, sorry, <laughs> raise your prices is a word. Mm-hmm. It means That's nothing. That's now ignored. It yeah. means nothing. Yeah. It's like it's lost its punch. Yeah, because we talk about it all the time because we know the importance of it. Well, I think that's why going hourly became popular. I don't think it was just about I don't think besides it being the best way to charge. Mm-hmm. I think going hourly was a new way for people to think about raising their prices, mm-hmm. but we didn't say raise your prices, we said go hourly. Yeah. Which going al- hourly. Which allowed them to rethink the whole process and with hourly, I think it's easier to increase your rate because it's the only way you can make more money. Mm-hmm. Whereas with you do like a la carte pricing and all that, you're you're like, oh well, I can add on and I can I can do more services or whatever. Like you you think you can do more work to get more money. There's this- also value in your time for it. So like <clears throat> people are like the conversation chains. Like I'm I value myself as being or costing this much for my time. And clients see that too. Clients, not all clients, but a lot of clients are like, yes. Versus if you're like, oh, I'm raising the price of a toner. I'm raising the price of a partial. Yeah, not as valuable. It's not as valuable. They're like, why? They don't see the the value in that, even though you need to because of costs. every reason possible. But I think with hourly pricing, there's this mentality of like, there's empowerment in raising your prices because you are showcasing to the world, like you said, how you see and value yourself. Mm-hmm. So if you have a high hourly rate, you're signaling to the world your own level of competence, expertise, expertise yeah. and self-respect. 
And if it's and if it feels too low, that will wear on you too in a good way that will get you to grow and, and move forward and increase. So raising your prices is kind of a icky it's kind of like red flag. Like oh, the I, verbiage. The verbiage. I'm, I'm like, of, no, it's not. No, like <laughs> but red I see flag to me is like, it. I'm done. If I stop saying red flag, I'm, I'm so done with it. Red it's light. Kind of, red light. Kind of like um, normalize. Mm. You used it recently and I yeah. was like, if I normalize one more thing, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> but I, <laughs> but it's raise your prices is kind of like in that category of like it's 2024 we We need to be beyond this conversation we shouldn't have to remind I want to put this into perspective and it is hard because our audience only knows this world but outside of our world if you were to work at a job for 15 years and still be making close to if not the same price that you were making the first five years it's insane to me. Like that that doesn't happen in other My industries. My partner gets an increase every year. Yeah. Some and a people bonus. get six months every quarter. Right. So it's crazy to me when people get so upset about, I mean, at minimum, without any reason necessary, you should be raising every year. <laughs> at minimum. At minimum. And yeah. that's like, you haven't taken education. You haven't done anything like... It, it just should be happening. The longer you're in this industry, the more you should be making more money. The thing about like education is people don't, clients don't care about don't. your education. And there's some people out there that take education constantly, thousands and thousands of dollars worth and aren't, still aren't making- Charging enough for Yeah, it. charging enough or even paving ways. Like, What makes you, what would make you raise your prices? Because I want to. Okay. I need to make more money. Let me rephrase. When you were just starting out in the industry. Oh, okay, okay. Like what, what? I would I would do it annually. You would do it annually? Yeah, because it was... And you'd wait for your boss to tell you what it was. No, it was just kind of... Um, our boss was lackadaisical. So she yeah. was like, whatever. She wouldn't fight us too much. And especially because we would do it every year. It wasn't a big deal. But it was almost like the easy way out because people expect us to raise our prices in the new year. Mm, so it was like oh, well, I can get away with it. No one's going to question it. It's the new year. We always announce it in the holidays. We, you know, it was also a way to get people to come into the holidays. Like we're raising prices and I'm, you know. I think the best way, the best time to raise your prices is December 1st. Mm -hmm. I agree. During the holidays. Well, now they don't really exist anymore. But, (laughs) you know, when they, we talked about this pre-COVID of like, why aren't we raising our prices like October 1st, November 1st? Why aren't we doing it in quarter four and getting it and being done with it, you know? Yeah, I, I think about... If that was the busy season, why not utilize that? <clears throat> I think about when I was younger and I was just starting out in hair, everything was really based on benchmarking and... A lot of the industry still is, very much. Most of it is, yeah. which I always forget. Um, which can be stifling. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I remember like, did I sell enough retail? Did I do this? I, so I could... Charge more. Yeah. And it really gets exhausting. And if people are, and I always say this, if you wonder why people are going to salon suites and not working commission salons, it's because of all this old school shit that doesn't make sense. Well, majority of the benchmarks are still always, they always lead back to retail. Always. Always. Because they were created by retail companies. Of course. There's and only one benchmark that we at Destroy the Hairdresser look at. 
I wish we had like a group of people who'd be like, what is it? And they're like, retention. Yeah, retention. We look at one. I almost said proactivity. That's, I'm burnout. I mean, we do look at that. Day. We just don't have a benchmark for it. <laughs> um, retention is the number one benchmark and the only benchmark that we look at because with retention, all things are answered. All things are possible. Bet- <laughs> through, in- through, <laughs> through retention. <laughs> wait, what did I say? <laughs> Through retention, all things are possible. Um, but it's true. I mean, it- retention means that people are coming back. It means, and if people are coming back, that means money is coming in. Mm-hmm. If money is coming in, that means people can raise their price. You know what I mean? Like, it also means new people are coming in. Yes. It- so if the traffic is there, the cars are moving. I don't know. It- the what? <laughs> the cars are moving. But I said if cars. If the traffic is there, the cars are moving. <laughs> I don't know. It's actually the opposite. I the know. traffic's there, the cars aren't moving. You know, but- not in my world, okay? But also, I will say, <laughs> I a lot of stylists still do the annual, oh, it's the new year thing, which we got to drop because it doesn't matter anymore. But also, they're raising like $5. Oh my gosh. You know? And- the $5 raise, or I hear this too, um, we just raised everyone's prices by $5 across the board. Mm-hmm. I'm like, listen, that's not... That's the bare minimum. It's not even a bare minimum. It's not even a $5. That's my coffee. Yeah. My coffee's five dollars. I, I think. I think when you give your team, I'm going to use this example. I'm going to call her out. When you give your team the freedom to create their own pricing, um, Coach Kate encouraged her team. Was like, at minimum, you're all raising your prices five dollars, and a majority of them were like, "Can I raise more?" <laughs> right. And she was like, "Yeah, that's the point." And how beautiful is that? Because it wasn't like a we're all doing this together. It was like. I'm sick of your shit. You all deserve a price raise. And then when, because of everything that she teaches within her salon. I love DTH salons. I know. They were like, well, can I go higher? And Only in DTH salons is your boss like, everyone's making more money this year. (laughs) I've had enough. I've had enough of it. I've had enough of you all undercharging and making less money for yourselves. And a lot of them have grown immensely this year, you know, like in sense of like... I want to be very clear about something. If you charge too little... There are a group of people, myself included, that will not go to you because you charge too little. Yeah. I There's this belief in the service industry in general, general. Especially when you're looking at their work and then you're seeing their price and you're going, what's the disconnect? Something's freaking me out. Yeah. But there's this like whole idea that, okay, if you charge less when you start, then you can charge more as you go. That is a really bad way to actually build a book because what you're doing... If I start... If I, let's say I start at $60 an hour, the people that can afford that, what, but I want to be at 100 I really want to be at 100 That's a there's a lot of shifts for You're that. You're going to lose clients every time you raise. It's exactly. natural. But if I just start off at $100, i am going to where you start off is what you're signaling. And I learned this from doing a lot of celebrity work or print work. You've learned this too. Mm-hmm. If I charged too I love little... I you said signaling. Yeah, if I charged too little... It signaled to that industry, the celebrity industry, the print industry, that like I didn't know what I was doing, mm-hmm. and it was almost like I had to charge more to get the job. Yeah, and so there's something about there's something about that that's true, and as well in the salon that yes, it's scary to charge more because you feel like people can't afford you, but it is not true. People can afford you. Mm-hmm. I all those girls that can't afford you went to the Taylor Swift concert. How much was that ticket? <laughs> oh my god, yeah. The Beyonce concert. How much was that ticket? Yeah. Like, 
when people say they can't afford you, what no, they're saying is worth- you're not a priority and you're not yeah. worth it to them. But that has nothing to do with y- what you should be charging. That has to do with how they view hair. Yeah. And I think, I, I, I don't know, I just, learning from the celebrity world that, like, like I said before, signaling to everyone around you what you charge does all the talking. Mm-hmm. And now a word from our sponsors. We are proud to introduce you to Hair Story. Hair Story is known for their clean and safe ingredients, but did you know that they have one of the best affiliate programs on the market? You can earn 25% on all sales when your clients use your custom Hair Story link, plus receive money on your purchases made by hairdressers you refer. For clients, they will receive 15% off their first purchase using your link. Need back bar? No problem. As a Hair Story pro, you will unlock generous back bar pricing. Ready to try new wash for free? Visit hairstory.com DTH to get pro access today. We have spent the last year working with our amazing partners at CTX to bring you Hairdresser Healthcare. We at Destroy the Hairdresser, in a groundbreaking collaboration with health industry veterans, are bringing our listeners health plans that cover every professional in the beauty industry. This includes individuals, teams, and families. We are currently in the process of ensuring thousands of beauty professionals in all 50 states. Healthcare benefits are now open, and guess what? There's no enrollment deadline. Sign up during any month of the year and gain health benefits quickly. Get your name on the list by visiting destroythehairdresser.com slash hairdresserhealth. Healthcare. So all those people out there that are like, I'm going to charge, you know, $75 an hour, but I'm going to do a lot of marketing. But you have to understand that you're marketing $75 an hour to people that might be like, that's not a lot. Or they're like, this is perfect. Right. And then you realize I'm still not making enough. <laughs> right. My overhead is through the roof. I am breaking even. I need to raise. Like I can't pay my taxes. I can't tell you how many students I've talked to were like, I can't pay yeah. my taxes. Okay, that's a problem. So you're living beyond your means. Your expenses are too high. Like, what are we doing? Said so I hear when I hear people charging twenty five dollars for a haircut, I my and their commission stylist. I'm like, do you you make a dollar? Like, I don't. I like, what do you take home? And it's it, there are salons out there that are charging this, and their their biggest excuse is usually, well, we're a Location. small town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not an excuse. Mm-mm. It's you don't have to be outrageously expensive, but $25 in 2024? Yeah. Oh my, that... Why did... It's not sustainable. It's not sustainable, and it's also, it's not livable, and it's not... I mean, even after a commission, they're not even making... People spend more on a bottle of wine. Mm -hmm. And you're, I don't know. It's, if you're out there and you're charging very little, it... It's scary. It's scary. It's, it really is. And it's going to be uncomfortable. And you're going to have some asshole tell you you're not worth that. And you're going to have someone say, well, then I'm leaving you. Again, if you listen to our episode earlier this year about red light, green light, it's all going to make sense. But at the same time, it's okay. I mean, the, I think where people get really trapped is the emotions of it. Of like, they don't want to lose these people because they're their friends. They're their family. They're, you know, and it's like, no, this is your job. Yeah. And we're moving up and I'm getting a price raise and you're either in it or you're not. And I can make recommendations to another stylist in our community. And, or we can, you know, maybe instead of every eight weeks, you come every 12 weeks. You know, there's so many solutions to it. When every time I've raised my prices, I've lost people, but I've lost a lot less people than I I thought I was going to lose. And you gain people. I gain people and I made adjustments. Like my client was like, I can't afford this. And I'm like, okay, well, what if you don't come as often? Or maybe we switch it up how we do it. And I would make a solution. My favorite is when they say they can't afford it, they go somewhere else and they come back and all of a sudden they can afford it. No, they come back and their hair was not. That's what I mean. And I'm like, they got their hair. And now I have to charge them triple. (laughs) 
Because I got to fix it. They got it. their hair fucked up and they're like, oh, I guess I guess it is better just to pay you. It's like, that's why when people say I can't afford it, you don't need to buy into that. It is not true. It's very rare. By the way, when someone can't afford something, they don't say I can't afford it. Yeah. People that can afford things that they don't think, and they don't think it's valuable, those are the people that say I can't afford it. People that really can't afford something don't say that. They're not getting haircuts. They just don't, yeah, they just don't go to that person. Or they, yeah. go, or they just say, thank you. Oh, that's great. Congratulations. But the idea that, I don't know, if I can't afford something, I don't go, wow, I can't afford that. I don't do, it's yeah. not real. I also think that there is a lot more hairdressers around you in your community than you think or know. Like really, Almost I mean- too many. If I ask someone <laughs> how many hairdressers work in, your, in a 10 mile radius, they couldn't give me a number. But it's probably way more than they assume. Which if means- you you could throw a wet cat and hit a hairdresser <laughs> in about any two mile radius. Also, it what's what's missing is that they're not realizing that a, along all of those hairdressers are multiple different price points. Therefore, the community is always set up with options. But just because you want to be with a certain hairdresser doesn't mean that they're in your price range, and and that is unfortunate. But that hairdresser has invested so much time, energy, money, knowledge into expanding their craft, and that's okay. I had someone I knew that got out of hair school, and they charged like $150 right out of hair school, and I was like, do it. Yeah. And guess what? They're fine. Mm-hmm. They're making money. Because they never signaled for a minute to people that were going to pay less than that. You know, there are people out there that are charging $800 an hour. Yeah, I worked for them. jacking people's hair up. So <laughs> it's not always about expertise as well. No. It, someone might love those haircuts and someone might think it's the worst one. And that's the thing is like, you can't put a price on that. Find the people that want to go this to is, you and pay your price. It's that simple. This is how you know, who's your favorite celebrity? I have so many. I okay, can't even. Let's say Tay Swift. Sure. Okay. If Taylor Swift, if you could pay for Taylor Swift to cut your hair, even though she's not a hairdresser, mm-hmm. would you pay money? Uh. Would you pay money for Taylor Swift to like cut your hair or style your hair or whatever? It's a hard question because I'm trying to get in that. So, okay, let's not say cut. <laughs> let's say she, you know, you. You have the opportunity for Taylor Swift to do your hair, mm-hmm. play with it, upstyle it, do whatever, <laughs> massage your head. Would you mm-hmm. pay more than what you pay a normal person? Probably. I mean, to hang out with her? That's my point. Yeah. That's how you know it's not about the service. I don't service. really want her to massage my head. Now it's getting weird, but... <laughs> so you'd be like... That's true. Whatever. <laughs> my point with that is that you... You're not, people aren't paying for the haircut. They're paying for you. For you. Yeah. And they're paying for your time. You would be paying for that time with that celebrity. That's why, like, celebrity hairdressers, I know, you and I know a lot of celebrity hairdressers mm-hmm. that are shit yeah. at their job, but that's not why they're being paid. No. I know celebrity hairdressers that can do one thing, really good at one thing, and then don't ask them to do anything else. Yeah. But that's not why they get paid. They get paid because they're sought out. That's why we have those iconic haircuts because they created it and that's all they can do. (laughs) That's what I, I just want to be known for one thing and be done. Uh, Same. Like (laughs) Meg Ryan, the Rachel, come on. Like I read a thing that the guy, I can't remember that I'm going to get torn apart for this. I can't remember who did the, the Rachel cut. But I read an article that he was like high the whole time. Yeah, I just read that. And does not recall 
that ha- doesn't recall creating that haircut. I mean, if ever, anybody watched Friends season one, I mean, it's hacky. It is a little hacky. But it was that. Everybody wanted it. So that's, I mean, that's just the point. It's like, let's not put all this emotion and so much weight on the price raise. You might raise your prices and nothing happens. Right. Except you make more money. Right. And I have never talked to a student where they raised their prices and went, oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And they probably lost clients that they needed to fire anyways. Yeah, I've never met someone who said I lost all my clients. I've only met people that have gained clients or no one left. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they go, I should have done more. Is that what you just said? I should have done more. Yep, that's what it's Next time on Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. The problem is, the problem is not there aren't, that there aren't solutions. The problem is that it's hard to stick to the solution. Mm-hmm.